0: Um, I am not in any way insinuating, suggesting that any individual or group of people here are not caring, are not doing what they should be doing. I am not trying to guilt anybody into a course of action my impression of stones river is that god's name has been glorified so much in middle tennessee and beyond by our small group and there are people in this congregation presently and in the past who have done so much that no one knew about it and still may not know about it. I I want you to think of those who have participated in GROW classes. Miss Janet, I just remember with you And with Bethany sitting back at a table in the oranges room, teaching my grandson James when he was real little. What a blessing. I watch Miss Holly as she's become best buddies with Eli. Very patiently, never asking for anything. Helen, who has made sure people in her community have been blessed by what they need I know Miss Linda Foljam. no one said, hey, we need a coordinator to make sure this church gets decorated at the proper season. Miss Deborah, all those years teaching that Sunday school class, that has probably touched some of you. Um, I'm not trying to give away age or anything, but um, you know, I think every family in this congregation has been blessed by you in that way, in one form or another. Steve, the many years of youth ministry, and Stephen. I could just go on and on and on. The countless times, Dean and Amanda, when I had a band student that couldn't go to band camp, they made it possible. And I don't know if I ever told you that band student turned out to be one of the top performers at the camp and his schooling and band continued to go on a large part because of you so please don't don't think of what i'm talking about it is some way to guilt you into something or to feel that we haven't done our part in this community and within these walls we have but especially with our present social and political environment, the timing is, is, is necessary. When I speak of social justice, I'm not speaking of some political movement. There have been times where people thought the church ought to be more involved with society's ills, and sometimes people think, no, that's not our calling. I want us to look at it from guile, God's perspective. So next. So let's look at what we learned from June 13th, I think it was. Social justice, I'm just going to call it that, is very close to our Father's heart. And before we go, Mike Randolph said something that spurred a a reminder to me. About 20 years ago, Lauren was on a retreat with a few others. Um, and they showed us a video where evil and the evil forces about us became visible. The one particular youth was able to see what his friends were involved with and how Satan was attacking. I want you to think, what if we are walking into Kroger? Walking into this building, on the square in Murfreesboro, at our places of work, in the group of people we may hang with, if you could see the literal chains of bondage and suffering. What if that were visible and you saw the burdens literally on the backs of the people? How would you respond? They're there. The bondage of and chains of poverty, of mistreatment. One of the most common phrases teachers hear in school is, that's not fair. But what, what, what if you could see the people who are Disadvantaged. The people that have been shut out. What if you can see those chains and burdens literally with your eyes? Would that change your approach to everyday life? Would it cause you to do something? Would it give you time for reflection? And that's where I'd like our minds and hearts to be. Micah says, With what shall I come before Yahweh? He has showed you, oh man, what is good? to act justly, and to love mercy, to walk humbly with our God. That word mercy sometimes is translated love in the Old Testament, Hesit. And we will read it in Scripture as love, but the meaning there carries with it mercy. What if we saw those chains and we say we love our fellow man? Okay, Kyle? Isaiah 1 14 17, your new moon festivals and your appointed feasts, my soul hates. Are the feasts and festivals wrong? No. But it's how we approach them when we approach them. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek. And the emphasis is mine. Seek. Look at those chains. Look at those burdens. Seek justice. Don't just acknowledge it. Seek it. Encourage the oppressed. Verbs. Defend the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. This is written to God's people. Okay. Next, Kyle. Hosea 6.6. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Okay. James, pure and faultless religion is what? Taking care of orphans and widows, those who are burdened. Okay, Kyle, go ahead. Proverbs 14.31. He who oppresses the poor Shows contempt for their maker. Whoever is kind to the needy honors God. We want to come to church and praise God. God's name is praised when we help those who need help. That's, that's worship. That's God's heart. As we care for the poor, the needy, the oppressed, we are actually walking out the design that the creator has for us, for you, for me. This is in God's heart. It needs to be in our heart daily. And we bring him honor. We worship him. Kyle. We are accountable. And again, please, 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 please. I love this congregation so much. I am not calling an indictment on this group of people. You have proved time and time again otherwise. But we need to acknowledge this. You know this is the parable of the sheep and the goats. When did we see you? Jesus says, you know, you know he divides and said, you know, you, you gave me. Water, you gave me food, you welcomed me. You visited me, you clothed me. And they said, when did we see you hungry, thirsty, a stranger, naked, sick, in prison? I like that last one. Because it really pushes our comfort zone. Yeah, but they deserve to be there. We're not saying they deserve to be there. But they still need our love. And what about spiritual prison? Jesus says, whatever you did for one of the least of these, you did it for me. Walking out the intent that God has for us as his creation. Kyle, go ahead. So this is where we were back in June. You know, as a good teacher, I like to review, take us to where we were, to remind us. This is at the heart of God. We're looking now at the feeding of the 5,000s found in all four Gospels. And we're going to look at it from three perspectives. First, Jesus' perspective. Jesus posed the challenge. And he actually, you know, what's really neat is I took all four accounts and tried to kind of piece it together. And what I found curious in John's version is Jesus actually posed the challenge to Philip. Okay, Philip, where shall we buy? Just hold on there. Where shall we buy enough? food for these people philip what do you think and john john reminds us that jesus had it in his mind already what he was going to do he knew what he would do at this moment and so he tells philip you give them something to eat and then he challenges in the other accounts he does the same thing you find them the food How about the disciples' perspective? Philip responded, and others responded, we can't afford it. It's more than eight months' wages. And we still wouldn't feed all these people. Send them out to the villages. In other words, let them fend for themselves. That's a perspective that they had. And then they said, we only have five loaves and two small fish. But I put again for emphasis, only have? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Where had they been previous? Jesus has been teaching in another location, Performing miracles, driving out demons, healing the sick. He's turned wine, turned water into wine. He will raise the dead. He himself will be raised. And still those closest to him said, but we only have five loaves, two fish. Really? Is that all they had? Is it? No. No. What did they have? Jesus. So I want to take it to one more perspective, Kyle. The boy's perspective. I like his perspective. Five loaves of bread, two fish. Okay, so how many of your children would like to say, hey, yeah, Mom, send me to the school with five loaves and two fish. Yuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, Will's saying, yeah, that sounds good. Send me a couple raw fish. I'll share, and I bet you he would. But that's the thing about children. Look at his perspective. The disciples, you know, hey, hey, boy, give me, give me your fish and bread. But it's all I have. Do we have an argument that pursued? No. I'm confident that the disciples didn't mug this kid for his lunch. You know, I'm, I'm trusting in that. He gave what he had. He gave all that he had. So when we look at God's heart for social justice, for taking care of the needy, when we see those chains and we need to be looking for those chains and burdens, we have Jesus. It's not... You know, we, we, we can't do that. We can't do anything about that. It's too big of a problem. You'll always have the poor with you, and they'll quote Jesus on that. Yeah, you will. But what is God's heart? Where is God's heart in that matter? We have Jesus, and we'll give what we have. And if we approach it from that perspective, We will honor God's name. But we need to have that perspective every day. We need to pray that we will see the burdens and the chains. And that God will inspire us and enlighten us and give us the wisdom to address that. I want you to notice there's going to be only one thing that I'm I'm going to really push today. Okay, but I didn't say, oh, you need to do this today. You need to be like me and sign up for the NAACP and and, and be part of that organization because that's going to address everything we need to address. No, that was my personal choice. I was inspired by a high school teacher that I had. But I want to present some things to you. Kyle, next. Where do we begin? Well, something very dear to some people's hearts here, and this ministry has been going on for decades here at Stones River Borough Kids. I remember some of you older folks riding the bus years ago, showing up on Thursday. I started to say we want... now." We need you. I, I'm, I'm not picking on anybody, but those who are carrying on borough kids are getting up in their years. And it's come close to not happening. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. For those that are young at heart, but we only have one bus driver and heaven forbid if David gets sick Need a CDL I believe and I think they'll actually help you with the training to get that CDL But even if you can't do it every Thursday night, could you do it in an emergency? Oh, some people are scared about this, but bus riders. I don't know. I got on there and maybe working in inner city schools, it didn't shock me as much. But you actually could have some fun if once, you know, you you pull a kid aside. Say, hey, what were you singing? (laughs) What were you rapping about? Could you teach me? No? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But... The opportunity is there. If all you do is come, and I, and I want you to think about Burroughs Kids, and if I'm appropriate, inappropriate, please tell me, but most of our children are African American. And right now in our situation, there's, the mistrust has come to the surface. Let me just put it that way. What a difference you would make if two or three children over the course of a year or two, had a couple white faces that they know, you know what, I can trust people, they love me. Can you imagine the difference that may make in a young African-American child's life? It's hard for us because we never experienced it from that perspective. Because a lot of culture, mainstream culture, is defined as Caucasian. We need more classroom people. We have people that teach, but you know, people do get sick and they need a break. Do I have to do these things every week? No. We need meals. We have people that are rotating right now. And there's some people that need to rotate out a little bit more because they just do. They need a break. So I'm not telling anybody to stop helping, but I'm just saying the need is there. So sign up sheet. I didn't specify things for you to check off. If you can do it once a month. Once every two weeks, once every three weeks. I've committed to once every three weeks to providing a meal. As a member of the NAACP, I was looking at this great big picture and I said, right over here, I got an opportunity to live out what I just pledged to. Maybe I should have done that first. You know, seriously. So, Kyle, next. We've supported Greenhouse Ministries, and there's a short video. Kyle.
1: educate and connect we have established a platform for you to get involved expressing the love of God by meeting practical needs we offer practical life needs such as food clothing toiletries bus passes recovery of birth certificates and identification gas vouchers for doctor's appointments even a bike program to earn alternative transportation and a variety of clinics ranging from nursing chiropractor legal and health screening events We offer a wide range of classes that assist in life and employment skills, ranging from budgeting and parenting to computer skills, crock potting, drawing, music, Bible studies, hands-on basic electric and appliance repairs. Our connection arm is one of mentoring and relational connections. There are six ways you can help. Number one, volunteer either individually or with a group, regularly or intermittently. Number two, donate financially or with in-kind items like food, clothing, toiletries, and household goods. Number three, ambassadorship. Tell people about Greenhouse Ministries and the service we provide. The best way for people to learn is through others. Number four, tell and refer potential clients about our service. Number five, Communicate with your church about Greenhouse Ministries. Schedule a visit to explore all the ways we can partner. Number six, shop at the Garden Patch thrift store. We are always looking for volunteers for regularly scheduled activities and events. You can find out more by emailing us at volunteer at greenhousemin.org. That's volunteer at greenhousemen.org. Okay, Kyle.
0: I was surprised Trudy and I showed up to donate some books for Habitat for Humanity at the ReStore. And yeah, they take more than just furniture and building supplies. There was a build event at that time. People from many different congregations in this community were there building portions of a house that would be then taken to the home site and put up. We can do things like that. Um, You can go on site and build on site. I would encourage you to look up Habitat for Humanity. It's awesome. And the impact, you're going right at where Satan has many of our people locked in to poverty. And the cycle just continues. And we can be a part of breaking that cycle. Kyle? Journey Home. Some of us have been involved in Journey Home. We can do that. We can be a part of it. And if someone has an interest in any of these things, you know, start talking to your small group, start talking to your friends. Invite others to be a part of it, and in that way, they see your heart for Jesus. They will know we are Christians by our love. And when we invite people alongside of us, they will see our love. And in turn, they will see God's love And they will ask and they'll want to be a part and they will study. Feeding the needy where they are. Again, Lauren was a part of this and I apologize if I don't remember who else. But there was a group that skipped Sunday school. And they went out into the community and fed the homeless. Wow. And they will know we are Christians by our love. The women's domestic abuse shelters. When I was a teacher at the Christian school, we had a white mountain contest. Each homeroom was encouraged to bring in paper towels, toilet paper, um, napkins, white items. And each room had this pile in their room just so high and we presented it to them. And then the blessing we found out for every dollar that we gave in toilet paper the government gave them green dollars to match it. They were doubly blessed. Something as simple as that, if a Sunday school class, a study group, Secret Sisters, I'm just throwing it out. I'm just not, wow, what if we had a tall mountain that reached the ceiling in the back that we could say, hey, here's something that will help save you dollars and bring you dollars. And it just doesn't have to be the women's abuse shelters. It can be other programs in this area that you have a heart for. But I would like you to communicate that to me. So I can contact them and say, you can contact them. The journey home. I love the test of a civilization is the way that it cares for its helpless members. We can bring meals. We can donate money and food. I know we've done that, and so if there's an interest, let's start talking about it. And I'm just going to put my hand up and say, okay, I'm going to step forward. I'm I'm making this presentation. Talk to me, and I'll see how we can coordinate it. The last thing is we need to be praying for these opportunities. We need to pray for the poor the homeless, the oppressed, but we also need to pray that we can see the bonds, we can see the chains, and we can see them coming off. But we don't have enough. We have Jesus. And we can give what we can give. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much. We, 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 just, we just ask for wisdom to know what to do now. Where can we take this and make this real? Father, we just ask for your wisdom and knowledge. We ask to have your heart. Thank you for Jesus because we've had chains and burdens, and you freed us. You've taken the chains and bondage of sin and just have thrown them to the side. And we love you. And we ask for the courage to step out in faith and in love to have your heart. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.
2: We're tag teaming it real quick, Bruce, so I'm going to be like five more minutes. Um, Tag team's back again. Dude, Jen, come on. Let's roll. Did anybody else know that line? For anyone? That's right. Can we get the whole song? If you don't know what we're talking about, there was a song called Whoop. There it is. (laughs) Whoop. There it is. That's me and David. We look just like those guys. (laughs) So David, uh, he has to share some of those things really good this morning. And ignore what was in the bulletin about what I was going to preach on because I was just kind of getting a download. I'm going to share something really pretty fast Um, this morning. Hopefully kind of tie a bow or I don't know, just emphasize uh, what David, some of the stuff David was saying. So let me pull this up here real quick. I'm going to go to talking about jewish fe- jewish feasts really quick because we're coming into do you know what the next with the next celebration feasts that they have is elul and i'm going to share it just really quick about that and you're gonna be like how the heck does that have to do with what david has to say and when i'm done you may go yeah that didn't really work john you tried but that was yeah you know i see i see maybe a few dots there but you tr- you tried awful hard there um but you know the feast that the, the Jewish people celebrate, when you look at them through the lens of Jesus and what he's done, it's just absolutely beautiful, right? And so, you know, it's very, very simple. Uh, whenever we look at Passover, for example, what happened during Passover? That's right, right? Right? They They would... Um, that's when Jesus, I mean God saved the Jewish people with we, they put the lamb on the, the lamb's blood on their doorposts and all this beautiful things, and we can easily see that in Jesus, right? Can, we, can you guys easily see that he, like, he, gave, he sacrificed himself so that when death comes, it passes over. It's just, just super incredible. Well, that, and that's whenever, that was the last uh, thing that he did with his disciples, or the last meal that he had was the Passover. So it was just super easy connection there. And then Jesus also dies around the time of the unleavened bread um, feast, which has to do with God keeping his people as they go through the wilderness. What happens like 50 days after Passover that we celebrate? Pentecost, right? In Pentecost, it was the um, the feast of first fruits, and it's where what do we see in the kingdom? The first fruits of the kingdom are taking place, right? Three thousand, you know, really get saved. It's also the celebration. Um, the Jewish people later on celebrated the receiving of the Torah, which is also awesome. That the scriptures say that the Torah is now written on the law is written on our hearts by, by how the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is who they received on Pentecost, which is just really incredible. Well, what's. Then there's this. That's the spring feast. Then we have to wait for a long time to get to the fall feast. What is the next. So, what are we waiting on? What's the very next fall feast? Does anybody know? Dun, dun, dun. What is the Feast of Trumpets? What does the Scripture say is going to happen before Jesus returns? We're going to hear what? The sound of what? The sound of the trumpet, the trumpet blast. It's so incredible that it all works so beautifully. You would think maybe God figured that out or something, huh? Maybe he made that work super well. But, so the next feast is the Feast of Trumpets. But what the Jewish people do is in preparation for the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, um, and even Yom Kippur, they have this month right now that starts tomorrow, right? Yeah, the ninth, called Elul. And what they do with Elul is it's a time of introspection. This is what I, I want to tie this into what David was talking about. I think with COVID and all the things going on, this has been times of introspection for the church. And then I would, I would encourage you all, it's a time of repentance. It's a time of just seeing, God, um, what might you be leading me to? What might you be calling me to? Because guess what, y'all? The king is returning. And there's a time in between where it's, this is what we get to do the last thing I'm going to share is that one of the acronyms for Elul is I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. You guys know what that's from? Song of Solomon, right? I love that. I, it's just, I love that. I'm going to read this passage and just invite us into making people hungry for what we have, like David's calling us to come into. So in the Song of Solomon, we know that, 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 the, that the lady here is loses her beloved, right? Like she's in love with with this guy and she just absolutely loves him, but there's a point in which she loses him and she cannot find him and she's absolutely devastated. And it says, um, all right, I'm just going to read verse, if anyone wants to follow, Song of Solomon chapter 5. Um, My soul failed me when he spoke. I sought him, but I did not find him. So she's searching for her beloved. I called him, but he gave no answer. Making their rounds in the city, the sentinels found me. They beat me. So she's looking for her beloved, and she's beaten. They wounded me. They took away my mantle. Those sentinels on, on of the walls. And then she says, I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, tell him I am faint with love. She is so in love with her beloved, she's faint. She's getting beaten as she's going out and trying to find her beloved. You know what that's like, right? Have you ever just been so in love where like you're just, no matter what, I'm going after this lady or I'm going after this man, right? This is what's going on, just absolutely in love. But their response when she's like, hey, tell me about my beloved, they say, what is your beloved more than any other beloved? uh o fairest of women what is your beloved more than any other beloved that thus you adjure us this is what the world's asking us as believers we say we love jesus they're saying what is greater what is jesus why is he better than so forth and so on right what are our lives telling us what does she do she doesn't just say well he's the same she goes on and she says, well, my beloved is all radiant and ruddy, distinguished among 10,000. His head is the finest gold. His locks are wavy, black as raven. Some of these, you know, I go, hmm, I don't understand. They really, that was good words for them back in the day. I don't quite understand all these. But his eyes are like doves. You think my eyes are like doves, baby? Yeah, I don't even, I'm not sure exactly what all this means. But anyways, besides springs of water bathed in milk, Okay, a fitly set. His cheeks are like beds of spices, yielding fragrance. His lips are lilies, distilling liquid myrrh. His arms are rounded gold, set with jewels. His body is ivory work, encrusted with sapphires. His legs are alabaster columns, set upon bases of gold. His appearance is like Lebanon, choice. As the cedars, his speech, I'm almost done, is most sweet and all and he is altogether desirable. So he's not just good looking, he can speak well. This is this is the man. This is my beloved, and this is my friend, O oh daughters of Jerusalem. So their first thing to them is what's so great about, about all this? And then after she describes with passion her love, what's their, what do they say? Where has your beloved gone? O fairest among women, which way has your beloved turned that we may seek him with you? This is the lives that we are able to be called to, that as we wait for the return of the king that we get to have our lives seasoned with people going, who is this beloved? And they watch our lives and they see how we talk about him. And they're like, well, can I go find him with you? This is the the person of peace, right, John? This is what we're seeking. Like, as we live these lives, they're going to be drawn if we're just fully in love with our beloved. And they're going to go, oh, I want him too. I want him too. I love it. Don't you guys? Oh, so this month, I would just encourage us um, To have that introspection, so introspection in our hearts to say, Man, God, how can I make people hungry for, for your return? How can I make people hungry to know Jesus and introduce them to our King? All right, love it. Father, we love you. Jesus, we thank you that your spirit is in us and that you call us one body, you call us one people. I just pray right now that a couple things, Lord, that you would stir our love for you, that you would stir it. And we know that David shared this morning, like that, that Lord, when we love you, it causes it brings us to action. As David said, It, it brings us to go love the unlovable. It brings us to go love the hurting. It brings us to love one another here, Lord, and I pray that that love would be so stirred in us that it wouldn't be something we're like, oh, I guess I need to go do it. It would be the passion of our hearts to go serve and to love you, to serve the least of these because of who you are and what you've done, and to show this world a kingdom that will never end. Show this world what it means to live in God's kingdom now as we anticipate the return of the king in that beautiful tension in between and make this world so hungry for Jesus that they meet Jesus through us because we are the body. And they anticipate his return as well. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.